Hey gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 201 of the podcast that was originally recorded on April 24th of 2018. I have an interview this week where I interviewed Erin Dean. She has produced a documentary of board games called The Board Game Boom, which I put a link for in the show notes. She is also writing a book called For the Love of Board Games. We have a great discussion and I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy the episode. This is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have another interview this evening. I have Aaron Dean with me, who is both a videographer as well as an author, and she is going to have her book coming out soon onto Kickstarter called For the Love of Board Games. Aaron, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great, Joe. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I haven't done an interview um, in a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. So the last couple episodes, I think I mentioned to you, we were doing our top 100 games as we worked our way towards episode 200. So um, it was nice to actually have the next episode that I'm doing being an interview. And um, you have some cool things that you've done. Uh, my wife and I watched your one video that you had put together, your little documentary. It was about 10 minutes long or so. Mm-hmm. Um, the board game boom. And I have to say that was really cool. We were, my wife and I were watching that. We were like, wow, that was actually really cool. You had some great interviews there from a lot of different industry people um, when you had thrown that together. How long did that take you to do? So the documentary is actually for a class I was in. I am about to graduate with a Bachelor of Arts in video production. And last. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) So last spring, um, I was in a class called Documentary Production. And the entire class was. you have to do a documentary on a topic of your choice. And I was like, okay, I have to, it has to be about board games. I'm a huge board game lover. And so it has to be about board games. So that was, um, the topic I chose. And mm-hmm. so from there, it was just like, what kind of angle do I want to take with this documentary? And I really wanted to talk about how, why are board game sales rising in a digital culture when everyone's like glued to their phones and all that. So that's kind of a lot of the things we discussed in the documentary. So I first reached out to a lot of St. Louis designers. So like Jamie Stegmeyer from Stonemeyer Games right. is based here. Um, I also talked with John Covey of Genius Games, who does a lot of scientific board games. He came out with Cytosis, uh, I think it was last year, um, I believe, uh, which is a cool scientific board game that you learn about cell biology. And um, and then a lot of my interviews with like Tom Vassell and Dan King of Game Boy Geek were done via Skype, uh, but kind of pulled all those together to form this little short documentary on board games. Yeah, it was it was very good. If you have not seen it, um, I will tell my audience, go check it out. Just do a search on YouTube for the board game boom. You should be able to find it. I believe when I did a search, it was the top one that popped up. Um, and you got quite a few views on that thing too. I think around 24,000, I think I saw. So yeah. definitely congratulations on that. That was Thank awesome. You. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's um, it's been crazy. And I uh, definitely was not expecting that many views, but you know what that view count shows me is that a lot of people, a lot of board gamers are craving films and documentaries about board games because so many people are being introduced to the hobby 
And, you know, film lovers and movie lovers are wanting that kind of content with board game topics. So um, that shows me that we need more content out there, you know, for viewers to see. So talking about your video, as well as your book that's coming up, what made you choose board games? What are some what are some of your early memories with board games? I mean, how long have you been a board game fan? So a couple of questions there. Yeah. So a lot of like a lot of people I played the traditional mass market games growing up as a kid, like Life and Monopoly and Sorry mm-hmm. and Clue. Um and then I kind of fell out of the hobby for a while, you know, uh was in school and um, then I was about, I think I was a junior in high school and so, and my aunt for Christmas gave me Ticket to Ride. And I, you know, learned that game and uh, read through the rule book and played it with my family that holiday season. And I fell in love with it. And I was like, whoa, these are actually super fun and not exactly how I remembered board games to be like. <laughs> you know, no one's, no one's flipping over the table or anything like that. So, um from there, I just kind of discovered like Board Game Geek and discovered other board games that were out there, S- discovered, you know, there were whole board game stores where I'm from in St. Louis. Um, and actually Miniature Market, one of the largest distributors of board games in the U.S., um, is actually based here uh, in St. Louis. Well, that's got to be nice. Yeah. So <laughs> when I did my documentary, I actually interviewed... Um, Josh from Gray Fox Games, who's the head of game development, and he actually gave me a tour of the uh, the distribution center, and there was just stacks and stacks of board games, and it was so cool. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, so I got into the board gaming about in high school, and it hasn't stopped since then. You know, I've been a hobby gamer, I would now say, for like six years. And um, as a video production major, I try to use board games is a lot of my topics for my films and content that I have to create for my classes. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it's just been a great topic to do films on and I'm so glad I'm able to combine my two passions together. That's, that's excellent. Cause I remember when I was back in college, I was very much into computers and pretty much every paper that I had to write was literally on computers. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the classes actually got me a job in computers when I did it. So that's awesome. Being at the right place at the right time, saying the right thing sometimes is just yeah. awesome. But I mean, I've always been interested in video and that's one of the things that we've recently added to our, you know, what we do here with what I'm playing now is doing the streaming and being able to do YouTube um, playthroughs. And I just like doing the playthroughs and, you know, doing them out to Twitch and, you know, interacting with the audience when they're watching and everything. Mm-hmm. Do you do a lot of gaming with your family or do you actually have a group that you meet up with weekly or anything for your gaming? So I started a board game club uh, on campus. Oh, nice. Um, nice. And we have close to 40 members on our Facebook group. Wow. And not that many come out each time, but... um it's just an opportunity to get together, play a lot of... Sometimes we'll break up into two groups and play some strategy games, or we'll get into a big group and play games like Happy Salmon or Secret Hitler. Um, and yeah, it's just a good time. And, you know, I saw the need for that on my campus now that board games are kind of making a resurgence. And um, yeah, it's been really successful and fun. Yeah, I want to date myself here. So I remember when I was in college... 
there really wasn't a board game group. It was more of a role-playing group. Mm-hmm. And people were usually playing Dungeons & Dragons and stuff, or you had a couple of guys who were doing, like, the Avalon Hill military-style games over in the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was like, okay, yeah, I'm not even going near that stuff. Right. I'll just, I'll just stick to the role-playing stuff. <laughs> right, right. The more popular at the time, I guess. Yeah. So one of the next questions I had, I think you already answered. I was going to ask you what your first modern board game was, but it sounds like that's Ticket to Ride that your aunt gave you. Yeah, definitely. Um, what was what were some of the games you picked up maybe and started getting into after that? Um, was that was that a game that you did you start buying games like kind of instantly or were you just playing Ticket to Ride a lot for, you know, quite a while? It, like how fast did you start growing your collection, I guess? <laughs> it was pretty fast. I mean, once I found out about Ticket to Ride and then Board Game Geek kind of led me to other games that were similar to Ticket to Ride or kind of like next up type of games uh, that used like set collection and um, other mechanics that um, Ticket to Ride uses. But yeah, I, I'm up to 136 board games now, roughly in my collection. And, you know, uh, I don't want to do the math, but um, so it's, it's, it's definitely, no, don't, don't. yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was definitely pretty quickly. I discovered game, other games like Catan was another game that I discovered pretty quickly um, pandemic was kind of the first cooperative board game I, I had ever played and really enjoyed. And one of my favorite mechanics, um, that I love, uh, playing and board games is real time. So like games like escape the curse of the temple and fuse and jungle speed and all those real time board games. I really like the pressure of, you know, like there's a clock ticking and you have so much time to, get out of the temple or save the patient or whatever the theme is. Um, I saw you had posted your top nine favorite games at the moment right now out on Facebook. And I saw one of them was Captain Sonar. So yeah, big real time (laughs) game, except that one's a huge team game where if you're not familiar uh, with that, it's, you know, four versus four, if you can get eight people and um, everyone has a different role and you're trying to, it's kind of like Battleship on steroids, mm-hmm. basically. But um, it's super fun and one of my favorite games, definitely. Yeah, we, we, we played that right when it came out um, down at the store that I go to. The owner got eight of us together that night and he goes, I want to teach everybody this. And I think we might have done a few things wrong because some of us enjoyed it, some of us didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I And I think it was just a little... There were a few things that might have been taught incorrectly, we'll just say. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that happens sometimes. (laughs) Um, So my wife and I were watching, you know, the board game boom, Mm -hmm. you know, your your video last night, your documentary. And one of the things I was kind of thinking of, um, we know that we know you have the book coming out. What made you choose to do a book? For the topic of interviewing a lot of the different um, designers and, you know, who you're interviewing for that over maybe doing like a video type thing, Um, maybe doing, you know, like kind of like how we're chatting right now over Google Mm -hmm. Hangout. Did you did did you ever in the early days of the book, did you ever think of maybe doing, um, you know, interviews like this and then maybe putting together some sort of video documentary? Yeah, I think, you know, I created the board game boom about a year ago. I released it. And, um, you know, it had been about a year and I was like, I need to do another board game related project because I just had so much fun with the board game boom. 
And I thought about doing another, you know, some comments had mentioned you should do a full length documentary on kind of this topic. And I thought about it and, um, you know, I thought maybe, you know, reaching out to designers via like email and like text questions would be easier and more uh, a better way to approach some of the more higher end designers. Um, but definitely down the line, I could see myself making a kind of book version of or a video version of the book. Um, I could definitely see that happening. But for now, it just seemed like a book would be better. And I think we're lacking in board game themed books just as well as documentaries on board games. I think there's a need and want for um, board game related books. And, you know, I've, I've found that a lot of board gamers are, are heavy readers, too. You know, people who are willing to sit down and read a rule book, you know, enjoy reading and enjoy reading books. So I'm like, why not do a topic that's not necessarily about game design? Because there's a lot of game design books out there, like how to design your own board game, but kind of more focused on the designer and, you know, the people who are behind all these amazing board games that we know and love. So speaking of design, I'm going to move up one of my questions that I actually had later on. Mm-hmm. After interviewing all these designers, after talking to them, have you ever thought about maybe designing a board game? And maybe what type of board game would you design if you actually did something like that? So I actually, believe it or not, my uh, school has a <laughs> game design major. And um, mostly those majors are focused on video game design. But one of the first classes you take um, are, is called traditional game design, and it's all about board games and how to design board games. And I actually took that class as an elective. And um, Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. And, like, we basically the first eight weeks were just playing board games. We played Stone Age. We played Hana or Hanabi. We played Love Letter. We played all these awesome games and talked about mechanics and other stuff. And then our end project was actually designing a board game. So I actually have designed a board game. It's not published, but it's called uh, Rush to Surgery. And um, it's kind of based on Escape the Curse of the Temple, where you have 10 minutes to get your patient to the surgical room before they flatline. Um, but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's a tile laying real time game. Have you ever thought about maybe going to like an unpub or something and maybe seeing if anybody could be interested in it? Um, possibly. Uh, I actually haven't considered that too much. You know, it was just for a class project. And but, you know, that's something I could definitely consider now that I'm out of school and have more free time. Um, but, yeah, that's a good idea. That would definitely be cool. Um, I went to a local convention here um, in Cleveland a couple months ago and they had an unpub there. And we actually did. Um, I basically walked through the unpub area and I was like, I got my gear in the back to stream. Who wants to show off their game onto Twitch? I go, let's go play. And I basically was just, you know, whoever wanted to show off their game, we basically just took it in the one back room, set it up, you know, and played through a whole a whole session of the game and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody seemed to really like it. So hopefully um, we're going to be able to do this. Um, and that was at Concoction. Uh, hopefully we're going to be able to do that again uh, next year there because uh, it was definitely something that I enjoyed. And I think um, everybody else did as well. The designers really enjoyed it, too. That's great. That's a great idea. And, you know, a lot of people love promoting their stuff, um, right. myself included, you know, so, yeah. And, and I just love playing things. So I was just like, I was like, hey, I go, let's 
sit down. I go go through a teach, you know, teach everybody how to play the game that was around the table. And, you know, let's just play through the full game and see what happens. So Mm -hmm. there were there were some pretty good videos I was able to produce out of that. Audio might not have been the best quality that I wanted because of the room that we were in. So I tried to do as in the conditions we were in for being kind of live on site. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't in my my little studio that I have over here where the conditions are a lot better. Right. Uh, But it's still everybody was everybody was really happy. And I was able to meet a lot of different people, uh, which was actually really cool. That's awesome. So back to you, though. Enough about me. How long have you been working on the book? How long has it taken you? Um, to do all this research and collect all this information. So I started thinking about writing a book in February, so not too long ago. And oh, wow. Yeah, definitely not. No, but um, I'm someone, when I put my mind to something, I get it done, and I get it done quickly and efficiently. And so how it came to be is I was I wanted to do another board game-related project, and I thought about maybe I could write a book. So I reached out to Reddit, and I reached out to Board Game Geek community and kind of asked... Know, what kind of board game book do you wish existed that doesn't? And a lot of them, a lot of you know, uh, people were saying that they wanted to see more books and content about the designers behind the games they love. So I was like, that that's what the book is going to be about. And um, now I've interviewed over fifty designers around the world: Japan, Australia, wow. uh, Germany, different parts of Europe. Um, South America, all different parts of the world. Um, you know, we've had to get translators for some designers. Uh, for example, the um, the designer of Love Letter, we actually had a translator um, do the interview for us. And uh, he he was really, really cool and answered all my questions. And uh, But yeah, he's from Japan. And um, that was, you know, it's just been awesome to connect with these celebrities in my mind, you know, these people behind the games that I love. And it's just been great to connect with. And everyone, almost everyone has been amazing to talk to and very, very friendly. And I've just I've just loved being able to use the book as a way to connect with them and learn more about them. Now, how many people have helped helped you pull this all together i mean it's you just mentioned you had a translator for the one how many different people have kind of lent a hand into putting this together and and are you going to use all 50 in the one book are you going to maybe break this up into some into a couple volumes you're going to do maybe a trilogy or something yeah so i think all of these all these interviews are going to be all the 50 interviews are going to be in the book and then I'm also okay. going to have a pledge level on Kickstarter where I'm going to limit to like five or ten backers where you can actually nominate yourself or another backer or, or another designer to be interviewed for the book. Um, so like uh, if that's a great idea. Yeah. So like if you want to spend a hundred bucks to be interviewed, but you also get, you know, publicity, you know, because you'll be in the book. And you'll get to talk about your games and all that stuff. Um, that's going to be an option, too. So I still have some designers that I don't know who are going to be interviewed yet because I haven't launched the Kickstarter yet. Um, wow. I, have a fe- I have a feeling those are going to go very quickly. Yeah. I'm trying to <laughs> figure out a good price point for that. But, um, yeah, I've, it's only been me, really, that's been connecting with these designers. I've just, <clears throat> you know, between classes and everything, it's just... I've been scheduling Skype interviews and emails and um, it's been a lot, but it's kept me busy and it's, you know, it's been great connecting with all these designers and um, 
you know, there's some that I wish I could connect with, but, you know, we're, we're either too busy or didn't have time, um, you know, but I've connected with a lot of big names like Bruno Cathala and Matt Leacock and Jonathan Gilmore and Wolfgang Kramer and Richard Garfield. Um, so it's been great. That that sounds incredible. How did you start? How did you start researching how to contact all of these people? I mean, did you just go out to Board Game Geek and start messaging different people that way? I'm like, I'm sitting there trying to think. I'm like, how the heck did she even get a hold of all these different people? That's yeah, that that's amazing. Just doing that alone, just finding a way to contact these individuals. Well, what was nice is that I knew some people because of my documentary, like Jamie Stegmeyer, okay. for example, right. was interviewed for my documentary. So I kind of started there and started branching out. If some were active on Board Game Geek a lot, like where I could tell where their last login was and it was recent, then I would reach out to them there. Otherwise, I would go through publishers like North Star Games, um, for example, or, you know, Asmodee. Um, right. And I would connect with publishers and say, hey, I'm writing a book. I want to interview so-and-so designer. And some I really had to dig for, you know, to find, um, you know, just, you know, asking other designers like, hey, thanks so much for the interview. Do, are you a friend of, you know, uh, Richard Garfield? And if you are, could you give me his email? Because I'd really like to connect with him as well. Um, so it's been, you know, it's kind of investigative a little bit, like uh, kind of like not a detective, but um, it's, you know, you got to dig for some of this information. Almost everyone has been very, very helpful in helping me connect with designers. That's that's really cool. I'm actually that's I'm actually kind of jealous that you got to actually talk to all those people. I know I've met several I've met several of them, but not not all 50 like that. I'm, I'm actually really interested to see. Um, the book, what type of, what type of questions are you using in your interview mm -hmm. with some of the, with some of the designers? I mean, we don't have to say too much about it because we want people to get the book and read it, but I guess what type of, what type of questions are you kind of leading off with? Maybe give a couple. Can you, can you mention a couple? You, designers or questions? Well, the, the, the questions you're asking the designers. Okay. Yeah. So I'm asking, you know, questions like, how did you get involved with board gaming? Is it something you discovered later as a, you know, as a hobby or were you always involved in board gaming as a kid? You know, talking about some of their first designs that never got published, talking about their inspiration behind some of their biggest games and what the process was like and biggest challenges and fun facts behind some of their biggest board games that have been published and, you know, just some of their hobbies and who they are as a person and, you know, um, you know, just what, who they're like as a board gamer and what kind of games they enjoy and what they do in their free time. Is it, because some of the designers don't design games full time, you know, it's just a part-time thing right. that they do. So asking those types of questions and just, Getting to know them as a person, as a, as a gamer, and as a creator um, has been very, very interesting. But those, that's kind of what I've been talking about, like what questions I've been asking them. Yeah, I know a lot of people in the industry do a lot of this stuff part-time. I mean, I would love to work in the industry myself, but, you know, I have a day job and I do most of this stuff just in my free time just because I kind of like doing it, you know? Right, right. Um. I have a communication degree, so I like talking. Mm -hmm. So that kind of helps me out doing the interviews and stuff. And then I've always been interested in 
videography, which mm-hmm. it sounds like you're obviously interested in, considering that's your major. Right. Um, so it kind of let me bring things together that I've always wanted to do. And, you know, doing like the videos and learning how to do all this stuff. I've always wanted to learn how to edit video and do all these different things on the computer. And, you know, I work with computers in my day job. So it was, I don't want to say it was easy to pick up. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a learning curve doing a lot of this stuff. But it wasn't, I didn't go in super green like some people who may not have experience with the computers and stuff. You know, I'm able to sit down and pretty much work through most things. But I will say... Video and audio has definitely been a little bit different than what I do in my day-to-day job. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is, it's definitely a learning thing, but there's so many tips and blogs and tutorials online that you're able to get better each and every day. um, Oh, yeah. Which is, which is awesome. Yeah. Every video that I edit, every podcast that I do, I'm always like learning different tricks and everything, Um, learning new software and everything just to kind of make it either look better, sound a little bit better be a little bit faster for me to edit, you know, mm-hmm. so I can get on to, you know, a few other things. So it's, it's definitely really, really nice. Um, all right. We've talked about the book. We've talked about your video. Let's talk about a little bit about board games. Now, what type of games have you been playing recently? What's been hitting your table? So I, I've been playing Azul a lot recently, um, which has been a very hot game right now. Um, you know, I'll give, the, I'll give that a thumbs up. I like that one. Yeah, I played. Um, <laughs> I actually played Sagrada before that, and really, really okay. liked it. Um, and I heard Azul was similar in some ways to it. So, a lot of people were saying though you needed both in your collection. So I'm like, I'm gonna try Azul, and I like them both a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of another game I've been playing recently. Um, go ahead. Now, Sagrada is the dice manipulation game with the stained glass. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's Sagrada, right? Okay. Yep. Just making sure I'm thinking about the right one. I like that one. Mm-hmm. For dice manipulation for me, there was a game that came out a couple of years ago called Favor of the Pharaoh. Okay. Which was a little bit more, I guess, kind of more Yahtzee-based. Okay. Um, when you're working on that one, I really enjoyed that one. If you've never tried that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wife and I have recently been playing role player cause we just got the expansion for that one. Um, and the expansion definitely rounds out that game pretty good because I don't know if you've heard of role player before. Role player is a really interesting dice manipulation game where you're actually rolling the dice, utilizing them to almost create a role playing style character yeah. like you would for Dungeons and Dragons. And then at the end with the expansion, you're actually getting to throughout the game fight minions, and then you fight a boss at the end. Yeah, I actually, actually kind of own role player and really enjoy. Oh, you it. do? Yeah, I don't have the expansion, but we we kickstarted the expansion. Definitely try the expansion. When we first played that one, we were both like, "Wow, that really rounds out the game very nicely." Okay, yeah, I'll definitely <laughs> check that out. Um, Another game I've been playing a lot is Photosynthesis. Um, I have not tried that one yet. I've had a couple of friends that were playing it, but I've always been at another table down at our yeah. group. Yeah, it looks so pretty. So cool. It's so it beautiful yes. on the table. <laughs> um, so I've been playing that, and um, I actually just got a new game. It's not even on Board Game Geek, which is crazy to me because everyone everything's on Board Game Geek. But it's this little yeah. it's this little card game that came out. Uh, I think late last year on Kickstarter, but it was funded, but it wasn't super successful. And it's called Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. 
and it's this kind of uh, card flipping game where everyone is saying taco and then cat and then goat. And then if you ever flip the card and it matches what you're saying, you everyone races to put their hand in the middle. And the last person to put their hand has to take all the cards. And uh, But it's kind of cool because there's three special cards where there's okay. gorilla, narwhal, and groundhog. And whenever any of those cards are flipped, you have to do the action. Like narwhal, you have to slap your hands above your head. And then uh, <laughs> gorilla, you bang on your chest. And then for Groundhog, you bang on the table, and then you have to put your hand in the middle. So it's it's super fun. It's 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 one of those games where like every single round, there's laughs around the table, and uh, you can play up to eight people with it. It's really really fun. Wow that that sounds really cool. It sounds like a good drinking game as well. It is. It is. It definitely <laughs> is. So, do you have any plans this weekend for International Tabletop Day? Are you guys doing anything maybe with your game group that you had discussed or um, anything? I'm actually moving on Saturday, so... Uh, oh, well, that's... I know. That. <laughs> I know. I wish I could reschedule. Um, but yeah, so hopefully, just because it is International Tabletop Day, I can sneak in a quick game of, like, Love Letter or something or Hanabi, you know, to unwind or whatever after we finish moving. But um, yeah, I don't have any plans to go out, really. But um, Miniature Market, which is actually located, which is one of the biggest distributors of board games in the U.S., Mm -hmm. um, is located in St. Louis, where I'm from. And they just opened up a retail store, a big retail store, where there's like game board game nights. And I'm I'm moving very close to that store. Um, So I'm very excited to kind of go to board game nights there like once a week. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I, the store I go to is actually one of the one of the nicer stores in the area, I have to say. Very clean, very well lit, large area to play games in, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the reasons why I like going to the store. Um, and I've, I've known the owners for years. I actually worked for them many, many years ago in another lifetime um, at one of their stores. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's just, yeah. The, pe- the people that I've met down at my game group are, are are all awesome. It's made a lot of good friends over the over the years going to that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's it's a, just a great way to connect with people who like the same oh, hobby definitely. as you. And I'm excited to make you know even more friends that enjoy board games. And um, but yeah, I'm super excited uh, to start going to those. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great location that just opened up not too like i think in march they opened up mm-hmm. that's cool and it's nice that you're gonna be nice and close that's yeah well although although that could be bad it could be you go buy a game you <laughs> could know. be well it's just right down the road i can just go buy this right now <laughs> i know it's a little dangerous it really is it's, so that that could be <laughs> yeah it could be dangerous to my bank account but i'll try to be strong <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i'd be able to I'm always looking at my wife like, I just want to get, she goes, we have enough games to play right now. She goes, we got to do videos for this, this, and this. I'm like, I know, but I want to play this over here though. <laughs> I know. I know. It's difficult for there's, sure. There's always that new shiny that's out there. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's crazy. And in, and in, and in this hobby with the way, I mean, just like your video, the board game boom, I mean, it's, it's crazy because I've, I've always gamed you know just like you growing up we played a lot of the normal board games and everything you know i mean when i was a kid i had dark tower and all the other 
you know, popular games from back in the, the early late seventies, early eighties and everything. Um, and I've always gamed on and off. And then when my wife and I started dating uh, almost 20 years ago now, we had always played games, you know, when we had started dating, just, you know, we got into a couple of different miniature games. We used to play risk and everything. And then we had always played a few things, but then, you know, probably about six years ago or so, probably like you is when I really just jumped into and really made the switch kind of from or started making the switch from playing video games all the time which we used to do together to doing more board gaming all the time together yeah i i have a very similar background too because i was a huge video gamer um Mm -hmm. with like i played a lot of nintendo and i played a lot of um you know PlayStation and uh, Rockstar games and all this stuff. Yep. And then I discovered Ticket to Ride in high school, and I totally forgot about video games. Um, just, yeah, it's crazy. And it's, and it's I was just going to say, it's kind of crazy because it's, I mean, I still enjoy video games. Same. And there's, mm-hmm. and there's tons of video games coming out all the time, but I just, when I look at what I'd rather spend my money on lately, yeah, it's like, it, you know, I'm like really looking like, okay, I can go get this board game, you know, because, well, they pretty much cost the same. If you're looking at a video game nowadays, you're looking at 60 bucks. A lot of your board games are around 60 bucks nowadays yeah. as well. Um, you know, some Kickstarters upwards of around, you know, 100 or plus is, you know, for some of those right, things. Right, right. Um, but, you know, I have to sit there and look. It's like, okay, which one, which one do I really want to play? And it's... You know, when I started the podcast, like I mentioned to you earlier on in our discussion, I started this four years ago. It was the first 35 episodes are all video game discussion. Right. And I and, and my co-host at the time, you know, we did nothing but video games. And I was playing board games back then, but we just didn't talk about them. Right. Uh, and then I think once I kind of went solo, I kind of slowly started introducing them in and then they just kind of have taken over. Right. And it's, it's, what, I, it's what I prefer now. Well, what's great about board games is that with video games, consoles come and go and video games die pretty soon because a new console has come out that you want yep. and you don't plug in the old one. Where board games, if you take care of them, they can last a lifetime. You know, they're finding Egyptian oh, yeah. They're finding Egyptian board games in ruins, you know, that are thousands and thousands of years old that still hold up, you know. What well, was funny, one of the videos my wife and I did um, probably about a month ago or so was the new Stop Thief from Restoration Games. Love it. Yep. And at and at the beginning of the video, I pulled out my original Stop Thief box and said, here's the original and here's what it looked like because I still had that from when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, my, aunt, my, um, my mom actually had the original Stop Thief and had it with the old electronic kind of yep. like remote. And mm-hmm. I bought the... When I bought the new Stop Thief, she was like, oh, my gosh, I remember that game. And we played it, and she was like, this is so much more fun than I remember. Um, it's the, the changes that they made with those, just not having to do the roll and move and having the cards to do your movement mechanisms and giving right. actions to different people, definitely brought the game into a more current feel, I think. And the app is great, too. Like, the app really, yes. really is works well with the game and makes it flow very nicely and has cool sound effects and makes it very simple to play the game, and it's really, really good. What do you think about apps with board games? Because there's a lot of people who are really torn on that topic. I mean, I'm since I'm in technology, I'm all for it. 
I mean, I'm I'm a complete geek. I love computers. Give me an app with a board game. I have no problem with it. People are like, oh, you got to it's going to be dead soon. And I'm like, I like it. It's it's never going to die as far as I'm concerned. I really, really <laughs> like it. I like, you know, I actually was um, there's a board game bar and cafe in St. Louis called Pieces that opened up okay. a couple years ago. And for six months, I was one of the first game navigators they had. And so my entire job, um, also known as like a game guru or other places call it, where my whole job was teaching and recommending games to people, board games. And um, what I learned from that is I loved kind of having the punchline where like, and there's this awesome app that goes with the game. And everyone would be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And um everyone just found it really interesting and I, I i tend to really enjoy the app you know if it's done well the app integration with war games there's right. my most anticipated game of 20 uh 2018 is detective city of angels um which is coming out soon by van rider games um okay. it's coming out by the end of the year it'll be fulfilled to backers uh, but it's using an app that'll have like audio recordings for like all the players who are detectives to like listen to. Um, so that'll be really, really cool. Um, and that's just another example of, you know, and there's another game I think Kickstarter had called U-Boot. And it's this big yes. submarine game that kind of you almost use the iPhone or the, the smartphone as like a pair of binoculars where you can see incoming ships and submarines. That's just awesome. Well, we played my but one of my buddies that um, Eric that's on the podcast with me normally, my co-host, um, him and his wife. His wife's Japanese, and they've gone over there and brought back some great games. One of the games they brought back was the Mask of Anubis. Okay, and you're putting your phone into like this mask where you're actually, it's um, you're looking through this thing, and it's kind of like you're actually seeing inside a pyramid. And you're as it's completely virtual reality. So as you're kind of like you have, you're supposed to stand up and look around and, you know, spin around and you can literally see all around you up and down. And you're trying to get this dog through this path. And the person who is looking through the mask is trying to tell everybody at the table what they're seeing so they can actually design the dungeon. Oh, cool. And figure out the path that's being walked through. Um, I believe it's supposed to be released in the U.S. I can't remember who the publisher is that was supposed to be doing it. But um, he brought us over the Japanese version. And when we were first playing it down there, everybody was looking at us at the store like, what the hell are you guys doing? And I was like, this is awesome. I go, this is so cool. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy how I really think, you know, technology and board games are going to go hand in hand. And, you know, and. Um, I still think board games will always be board games. You know, it's always going to be oh, some, com- yep. the, some like hands-on components and all that. But I think there's definitely going to be a continuation of uh, technology integration. Yeah, I, honestly, like I said, I kind of hope so. And for the naysayers who are saying, you know, the apps aren't going to be updated. There are people making emulators for Commodore 64s, Nintendos, for every old system that has ever been out for the past 30, 40 years. So yeah. it's, if somebody's interested in playing it, somebody will emulate it somehow, even if the company doesn't keep up with it anymore. So right. there will, there, there's always going to be somebody doing that. So Right. 
Um, are you heading to any um, gaming conventions this year? I know we talked about it at the beginning of the show. Um, I think before we started recording, actually, uh, you had gone to Gen Con last year, Gen Con 50, which I'm a little jealous for because I didn't get to make 50. I think I was at the year before. I think I was at 49. Yeah. Um, so are you heading to any this year? I don't have any planned in the books right now, but definitely when my book has been actually produced and created next year, I really want to um, go to some conventions around the U.S. and, you know, promote my book and meet other people who, you know, meet designers that I've interviewed and also sell the book. So I definitely want to be um, at some conventions um, in a booth. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. Cool. Yeah, I think we're going to be going to Origins this year, which is in June. Um, I don't know if we're going to be going to any of those ones. I'd love to go to PAX Unplugged. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because um, my wife and I went to PAX East a couple of years ago, and the the tabletop presence there was a little smaller than I had hoped for, but there was still one there, so it was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but I would love to do a PAX Unplugged. That sounds, from what I've heard from some of the podcasts I listened to when people that had gone to that one, um, that first one last year, it sounded really cool. So I would definitely love to hit that one up. Another question on your book, since you had just mentioned something about that. How hard was it for you to get a publisher for this? Are you doing the publishing yourself? How, how did you attack that angle of getting this book kind of produced? So I thought about going through a publisher and I reached out to some publishers. Some turned me down. Some never got back to me. And I was like... <laughs> Okay, this this process is like a glacier, you know, like it's going so slow and I'm someone who likes to get stuff done quickly. And I'm like, I don't want them telling me what I can and cannot have in the book. I don't want them editing it. I don't want them putting restrictions on me going to conventions and selling it. So I'm like, I'm just going to self-publish. And so when the book is done, it'll be on Amazon and that's kind of how I'll keep up the production of the book. Um, and then obviously it'll be available for like EPUB and, you know, right, digital right. versions as well. But, um, and then, uh, you know, selling hard, you know, physical copies of the books at these conventions. Um, and then obviously to my Kickstarter backers as well. Cool. Yeah. That sounds really neat. That's because I was thinking about that. I was like, I wonder how the heck she even is getting this thing published or anything. But yeah, it's interesting nowadays how you can pretty much via Kickstarter pretty much do a lot of these things yourself that years ago you really mm-hmm. you really didn't have the opportunity available to you. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm I'm you know, I'm hoping that with my vast, you know, over fifty designers being interviewed, I'm hoping they they can promote the book when the Kickstarter launches and reach out to their fans. And um, I'm, I'm thinking that'll be the real key to success is kind of optimizing that connection with the designers and their fans. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's especially with the designers. Some of the designers you mentioned at the top of the show that were in the book, some of the names you names you dropped, I think will probably have some very big appeal to a lot of board game players out there. Yeah. Because I know I'm interested in actually reading about some of the different designers that you mentioned in the book. And you just mentioned a few, and there's 50 in there. So yeah. I know there's going to be more than those couple you mentioned that I'm going to be interested in. <laughs> yeah, like we were talking about, I interviewed the designer of Captain Sonar. I've interviewed the designer of uh, Role Player. 
Um, what other games did we talk about? Love Letter, uh, Escape the Crystal Temple, all these games that we've talked about in this podcast I've interviewed the designers for, which has been awesome. Cool. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about for your book? Anything else we can say? I think, you know, just know that it's a book that explores how popular modern board games were creator created and how it features interviews with the designers behind the games. You know, that's really what it's about. And they kind of share their behind the scenes stories. And each chapter is going to feature a different designer that will talk not only about the inspiration behind the games, but why they started playing board games and how they got into the industry. Talk about games that, you know, they never, they designed but never published. All those fun facts will be in the book. And I think it's going to be a great must-have gift for tabletop gamers of all ages. Cool. Um, I had one more question I was going to ask you, and I think it just escaped my mind because I didn't have it written down. That's why I always write things down nowadays. <laughs> yep, me too. Because if I because if I don't write it down, I forget about it. Um, you were talking that you might be going live with the Kickstarter in June? That is correct. So I think you said? Um yeah, the Kickstarter will be launching in June sometime. The date is not finalized. And my biggest recommendation to people who are interested in the book is to go on Facebook and join our Facebook group. So you can just mm -hmm. search for The Love of Board Games, and there will be both a Facebook page and Facebook group. The Facebook group has more of kind of like the more up-to-date uh, updates, and then the page is kind of more of the finalized, like Kickstarter and all that stuff will be up there. But um, to get all the updates, you can just search that on Facebook and join the group. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. And if any um, listeners maybe want to reach out to you, maybe have any questions, um, or maybe just want to say hey to you, how can everybody reach you through the internets? So you can reach me on Facebook. So I'm the admin of the For the Board Games Facebook group. Or you can shoot me an email at candleboxfilms at gmail.com. Uh, either way works, and I'd be happy to answer any questions, or even if you have a recommendation for someone to be interviewed, that's cool too, although that deadline's coming up pretty quick. So if you do want to do that, do that quickly. But like I said before, there will be an option, a pledge level, where you can nominate yourself or another designer There'll be a limited number of backers, but um, where some more people will be able to be featured in the book. Cool. That sounds great. And I, I think that is just an outstanding idea. Like I said, I have a feeling that that uh, pledge level is going to probably go very quickly for you. Yeah. I mean, my guess is that those would probably be gone in the first day. I hope so. Because uh, I, I could just imagine some of the some of the publishers out there um, – you know, some of the smaller publishers, you know, who've, who have maybe not even published a game or, you know, or maybe working on getting a game published um, may want to have, you know, their their work featured in your book. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like you've put together a great collection um, that they would probably be be overly excited to be probably in the same book as Bruno and some of the other people that you've talked about. Well, what's great is that the book doesn't just feature the big names like Richard Garfield and Jamie Stegmaier. There's a lot of small designers. Not a, there's, there's a handful of designers that are featured in the book that aren't super well-known, which I think is great, too. There's, there's designers all across the board of different experience levels uh, and different commitment. You know, some are part-time designers, some are full-time, some have only designed one game, some have designed 
hundreds of games, you know. Um, so it's there's a great diversity there. Well, cool. I am definitely looking forward to reading about all of the different people that you've gathered in this book. Can't wait for it to hit Kickstarter. Thank you so much. So, I would like to thank you for joining me this evening. Um, and we will be back with the rest of the show right after this. Hey, gamers, this is Joe. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed actually interviewing Aaron. I thought it was a great interview that we did, and I was really happy uh, with the way it turned out. So for next week, as always, you know what to do. Send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We do have a guild over there, guild number 2440. On Twitter and Instagram, you can follow us at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. You can follow us on Facebook. Just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. You can subscribe to our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this week's episode. I will be back next week with another episode of the show where we may be talking about a games or we may have another interview. Who knows what's going to happen next week. But until then, everybody, you know what to do. Go play some games and let me know what you're playing now. Until next week, everybody, you have a great week gaming, and we will see you later. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye.